Welcome to the Material Podcast. This is episode number 122, recorded on 10-25-2017. I am Florence Ion. I'm Russell Ivanovich, and I'd just like to point out it's 25-10. I'm Andy Natko, and I was, I was going to say that this is the uh, the 10th day, the 25th, 25th month, to those of you who do it wrong. Yes, you're doing it wrong. <gasps> Wait, not, did I say it right? Us. Now it is, I'm like... Right. Did, I'm just going to speak for all our international listeners. Just give me two oh, seconds here. I, let's right. let's think about this. Uh, what comes first? It's the what, as as time gets bigger, it's the day, and then the next bigger thing is the month, and then the next bigger thing is the year. So if you're going to put things in order, it should go day, month, year. Or if you want to go ISO on me and be like, I'm a programmer, I believe in ISO, the other way around. That's fine with me as well. Go year, month, day, but never, never, ever, 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 ever do you want to go month, day, year? That makes no sense. I'm sorry, okay. Counter counterpoint. For nine months out of the year, there is no leading digit in the months uh, months field. So where do you want that missing digit to be? In the middle where it's like, hi, here's the day and then a big white space and then the month and then the year? Or do you want to simply say there's a month, there's a day in the year? Typographically and aesthetically, our way is the correct – the American way is the correct way. I'm just not getting on board with that at all. I'll, I will maybe accept Fahrenheit as a as not a more accurate measurement because it's it's really weird the way the graph thing goes. But I will accept it as having a wider range. So I'm fine with that. 100 is hot and zero is I don't know what zero is to be honest. But it, there's a nicer, bigger range there. I'm I'm on board. But miles, no. Inches, just absolutely not. Feet, I mean, it's not the Stone Age. We can measure things in like proper units that go to 100. I'm, I'm not willing to concede on any of this other stuff. Date, no. I'm just not, Did not giving just an inch. Did we just get explained? <laughs> no, you got international explained like because explained. let me tell you, no one else in the world except you and maybe like one other little country in Africa uses this system. It's backwards. The end. Jeez. Yeah, but, okay. <laughs> let's let's also point out that your so-called queen and her forebears decided that you know what if we're going to number uh, like the meridians we're going to make we're going to make the first meridian in our country just for just because that's how we feel about the world we are number 1 you start off counting in our country in our, not only that but in the backyard of henry the 8th's like summer home so he doesn't have to break from vacation to like do any of the math on like what time it is greenwich mean time is you you can't make any british people do any math plus 5 plus 3 minus 3 who cares we're we're we're, we're in england we don't have to do that sort of stuff and you i mean russell your country has been abused and dominated and and squavarmeled by the British Empire. You should be angry about this. You should join us. Or I know. We, what was we, we call it. We call it the English system just to be sarcastic. Okay, that's how that's how much we we like our individuality. This is how much we were rebelling against that so-called queen and monarchy by saying, you know what, we will have inches and feet. We will have pounds and ounces. Yes, because they definitely don't come from England or anything like that. You, you guys invented those. I, I see I see exactly where you're coming from, Andy. Before we get crazily off topic, I do have an announcement to make. I was Before or after? During. During getting crazily off topic. Wow, you, we're you, going you be, crazily off topic. You've got to be faster on the buzzer than that, Russell. I mean, you've, <laughs> you've been doing the show long enough to know that. Well, for, for those of you that uh, you probably didn't even notice, people are like, who is this guy talking to me? I don't understand. He wasn't on last week's show. I wasn't on last week's show, but I did I did listen to it. You were on a vision quest. I was on a vision quest. I was on a plane. I was in airplane mode, literally on a plane. That's that's how vision quest it was. I was listening to you two talking, and I did hear all about a Gomez, who Guzman, which, by the way, is, mm -hmm. is a Mexican chain here in Australia. I literally walked past one of them yesterday, and I thought of you two. I'd, 
I'm like, oh, look, it's a sign. Now it's, every time, every time you walk past it, you'll think of us. <laughs> Just think of Andy and Flo. Were there, were there any drones flooding the, blotting out the sun? <laughs> no, that's what I was looking for. But unfortunately, we're not on the east coast. We're on the central coast. Is that a coast? Um, so we don't, we don't get the drone delivery here, but I, I'm keen to go try it. Like I'll happily, I'm, I'm going. In fact, I'm going to Melbourne I think sometime next week. So maybe maybe I'll try and get me one of these drone delivered. Um, oh my gosh, you sh- you should, and then you should yes, video it. Yes. So video speaking it. of things, like, yes. do, do, like, wait, can, can I just like if you're yes. going to do this, I want to have one request. Do you have a car with a sunroof? I because actually do. I would def- <laughs> By the way, so can, you, can you tell, can it deliver can you while t- you're driving? Exactly. Through the sunroof. <laughs> oh, that would be directly so amazing. into your you just mouth. Like, just like leave, just leave your hand like up through the sunroof. You can like, give them access to Google Maps of you. your, your location. Grab it from the sky. I grabbed a it'll, burrito it'll like from mission, the sky. Mission, mission Impossible, like for burrito delivery. Yes, I know. This is actually Tom Hanks is about the the same the same length and weight as a burrito. He's only like about <laughs> one foot two. Something like that. That sounds right to me because I don't understand what feet are. Um, so, yes, I, I would do this. And also, before you think any less of me, dear listener, I just want to say I didn't want to buy a car with a sunroof. It, the secondhand car that poor old me bought just happened to come with one. And it's the most useless thing in the world because if you put no. it, in, yes, yes, no, yes, no. Oh. You're talking to a California girl right now, okay? And I, I'm so sorry to be such a stereotype right now, but listen, there's nothing. Like driving through California sun with the sunroof open, the wind in your hair. I'm Wait, are you, are you talking about a convertible? Because I'm on board with the concept of a convertible. No, I'm, just I'm talking not about on board the sunroof. Convertible is too much. Thing. Those are unsafe. Those are unsafe, Russell. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. I am about safety. <laughs> okay? I need to have a cage above me. I mean, God forbid. Um, so, yes, I need a cage. I just want a little bit of air. I don't want a lot of air. Although they have moon roofs. Moon roofs? You can see the moon. They're called moon roofs. Wow, okay. I'm thinking something else goes outside of a moon roof, but we won't get into that in this podcast. Um, So the other thing that happened... It's used for that. Yes, that's right. That's what you use a moon roof for, is it not? Um, So the other thing that happened this week is I'm sad to announce that um, there was the great pixel race of 2017. Uh, It was... This this time it featured Flo and Andy was welcome to join in as well. Normally it's just Russell and Yasmin. Um... I don't want to say it's because Yasmin works at Google and she has an inside line because it turns out she didn't use that at all, but she did actually win the Pixel Race. She ordered it on Project Fire. It was delivered one day ahead of time. Thanks, UPS or whoever did that. You know, I think so highly of you now that you delivered something ahead of time. You know, I'm actually meant to do that. Um, and the Pixel didn't even launch here in Australia at all. It still hasn't launched to this day. It's Let me look at my watch. Tomorrow it comes out here on our carrier Telstra and also in JB Hi5 and other cool places like that. Um, so yes, I don't have a Pixel XL. Yasmin has one. She has been rubbing my nose in it all week. I think she, she as is her tradition, she's taken her phone to Disneyland, I believe, uh, which is, you know, she has a family and stuff, but who cares about them? It's the phone that goes on on the ride. It's the phone that takes all the pictures. It's the phone that it's really gone to Disneyland because I don't think it's a coincidence that she gets the phone and immediately goes off to like a theme park. That just... It doesn't seem like it's it's for her, like, you know, for a daughter or anything like that. It's, it's really about the phone and that's where she's taking it on vacation. And I'm not bitter at all having lost the, the for the first time ever. That's that's fine because we'll get to it later in the show that the, the fun quality control issues and other things that have been going on with the, the Pixel 2 XL. So oh, congratulations, Yasmin. you're going to go there. <laughs> I am going to go there but we'll go there later in, in earnest. So congratulations to Yasmin. She did win fair and square. Hats off. Yeah, and she... She, you're forgetting how she was not. She, she's a nice person, 
but she like she's competitive. That's why that she she sets high goals for <laughs> she herself and say. she she meets those <laughs> those high goals for herself. Uh, it wasn't enough for her to simply you know tweet tweet a picture of her holding her brand new phone. Uh, she had to actually write an app. That uses Google yes. Assistant. Oh, yes. Thanks for reminding me. That's yes. why she's the best. All right, we'll, we'll put it. We'll put a link to this in the show notes. But it literally, Yasmin submitted an app to the Google Play Store where um, you could ask it who won the the Pixel race. And there's a video of this. I won't spoil it for you. Go go click the link. Watch the video. It's it is well worth it. And that is, I got to say, a huge amount of effort to go to knowing that she could potentially lose. Because I'll give you another inside tip for those that don't know. Um, I was actually in the US during the Pixel launch and that was my whole plan to win. Like this is this is unrelated. That's not how competitive wow. I am. I didn't, I didn't book a flight or anything. I didn't go to, to America just to win. But your Verizon stores, your Target stores and your Best Buy stores had no stock that on launch day. They didn't even know what it was. They're like, Pixel, Pixel 2. Yeah, we got a poster for that over here. I'm like, where is it? They're like, don't know. When is it going to be in? Uh, don't know. <laughs> And this is the experience I had in every single store I went to in the That's US. I'm like, good. Thanks, you people. You were um. Can can we can we say where you were? No, I was in America. Okay. Well, you were you were in a metropolitan area, and so it's kind <laughs> of it's strange that they didn't have it. Like, if you were in the suburbs, I would have said like, well, you know, the burbs. Like, we're out here. This you wasn't know. the burbs, but this like, like you were in a cities. metropolitan area. Yeah. And no, nowhere they all had posters. I kid you not. They all had um, really cheap A4 printed on like the worst paper you've ever seen. Posters of like Pixel Two XL, get it here. And none of the staff knew when it was coming Did in. Did you take a poster as a? Keep I should have. I'm like, I'm taking yeah, this because you don't have the on. phone, do you? you? Missed an opportunity. <laughs> that's what that's what they arrested that kid in North Korea for. You, you don't want <laughs> to screw around with that. Oh boy. Whoa. Yes. So I've I've failed. I failed in this attempt. But I got to say the way Yasmin won. Was probably the best win ever. So I'm I'm pretty happy with that. The fact that she got to make an app and a video and everything else that that's pretty damn cool. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's actually an app called Grand Prix that works with Assistant, and she there's a vi- so look again. There's the, there'll be the link to her smug little tweet there about actually asking her phone who won the Great Pixel Race and then announcing through Google Intelligence. <laughs> I, I I think that this might be an abuse of power. I think we might we might have something over her Sorry. now. That if we if we were to if we were to hot link this to something, yes. I don't know maybe. And Agreed. again, as as you indicated, I, I, I would have said that we'll get our like Pixel XLs really early, but maybe we'd switch that to a regular Pixel. But we don't. So, we're, okay, again, I have a Pixel around two. the room. I was going to ask, does anyone have one, Andy? I have a Pixel two, and I have do? a Pixel two XL in my possession. Well, you've got because, both phones. I mean, okay, hold on. No, I'm not holding I on. Borrowed you have both the XL. <laughs> But and I was supposed to return it today, but I am terribly unorganized. Wait, did you borrow it with a brick from like a Verizon store or something? Like, what was this borrowed? No, business? no, no, no. I'm borrowing the phone from uh, from Android Authority, and mm. uh, because I wanted to check out this display, things will get into later. Yes, um, we'll keep teasing yeah. that forever. Yeah, if I we forgot have to. to take it. I forgot to put it back in my bag today on my way to San Francisco. So that was my folly, but. On the plus side, I got to have a whole modeling session with my cat uh, right as this, the sun was setting, and um, she's so beautiful. And the <laughs> Pixel 2 XL made her look so – that portrait mode, I I need to shoot more of her because she, first of all, is beautiful, and second of all, the Pixel 2 XL. Well, and I have the Pixel 2, so I'll just continue it from there. Same sensor and everything. Uh, just make her look so beautiful, and I – 
tested it like really quickly. I put this on Twitter uh, really quickly with the Note 8 and oh, the pictures are just so delicious. Like I don't know how to, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just such a yeah. delicious photo and it feels good to just be able to have a photo that you don't have to worry about editing so much. Yeah. Well, I feel, I feel kind of guilty and I actually uh, wrote a column about this a few weeks ago about what, when I was like taking the, uh, the uh, new iPhone out for my usual like photo mm-hmm. walk around Boston. Bo- and it's like, yeah, I, the I, Boston I, Museum, right? Yep. Uh, the library. Boston Public Library and the, the Public Garden and just, well, yeah. But see, uh, a, a few years ago, it was necessary for me to have like a testing suite or some, something yeah. consistently taking. And then I would I would never do, I would never take the camera out without like two or three other phones just to see how well did this, ne- how well did this Nexus phone do? How well did this, uh, this uh, Samsung phone do? But, and and uh, in the early days, I'd actually have a blow up of, well, here's what the shadow looks mm-hmm. like and all these six different uh, phones, phones oh, yeah. and cameras I've, I shot. I've been there with but you now, in the trenches. <laughs> but because, yeah, because some used to be like super, super better than the others. But now, like, even when I take out like a $200 Motorola phone, it's like the, it's only the budget phone range where it, there's a real big difference. It's usually more like this one camera did well in this situation but didn't do as well in this other situation and i feel like i'm kind of lying to people by trying to convince them numerically that oh this is why this phone is better and also i feel complicit because a lot of these photos i have taken uh, there there are at least a, a three or four photos inside the boston public library that i've been taking for like 10 years now so i know how to take this picture I, I, the the rule the rule for me is that it has to be fully automatic but i know how to compose it i know that looks there's this a really good looking picture it's 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 nicely framed uh usually by the time i finish the photo walk it is like you were saying it's like just before sunset so you get that beautiful lighting where like everything's like have this has this warm glow on it and the sky is just dark enough that there isn't this huge lighting difference between the sky and like the people in front of you and so when somebody like buys a phone thinking that, oh, remember that picture that Andy took of the inside of that, that beautiful reading room of the Boston Public Library? All my pictures will look like that. No, no, because if you if you were to take this camera to the reading room of the Boston Public Library at 2 p.m., yes, it would look wonderful, but maybe not. So I, I, feel, I feel a little bit guilty like about trying to convince people that some phones that cost more than $650 stink and some phones are like, no, 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 no. I know, I know this. I know this runs Windows CE, but the camera on this new phone—it's worth running Windows CE, CE and and, and Pocket <laughs> Word and Pocket <laughs> Internet Explorer to get this one camera. I don't. I don't think that exists. All right, can, can I make a, a really small confession at this point? Hopefully, no one's listening anymore. Um, I when Portrait <laughs> Mode first came out on uh, iOS, I thought it was the worst gimmick I'd ever seen. Like the the background was kind of blurry in the wrong places. People's hair was getting cut off and whatever else. They've improved that over time. And I got to say, I was completely and utterly wrong because I've taken a whole bunch of, just like you, Flo, I've taken a whole bunch of portrait photos of my cat because that's the thing you do, um, of my niece. That's and, what they're there for in our lives. Yeah, I, I took to this photo the other day of my niece where it just like, I just put it into portrait mode. You know, she was kind of looking at me. I took this picture. And I got to tell you, looking at that picture, it just looks amazing. And I'm like, okay, I, I confess, portrait mode is good. I was completely wrong that, that this was some gimmick that was going to die like in a year's time. I, I think it's one of the one of the simplest but one of the best things that's, that's come to cameras recently. And I think the Pixel 2 and the Pixel 2 XL, um, to my eyes at least, they do the best job that I've seen. Like they all make mistakes. Occasionally they blur the wrong things or whatever. But I think the Pixel 2 XL's implementation is is the best that, that's out there at the moment. 
Oh, we're, this is so exciting. This is it's a just very exciting time for smartphone cameras. I can't I, mean, I can't wait for uh, Android to support uh, HEIC, which yeah. is the uh, which is this currently kind of annoying image format that the new iPhones r record in. That's high efficiency image file format. And it's not so much that it's like a brand new method of compressing images, but it's more like it can, it's a bundle that contains like a perfectly readable image, but also a lot of data about how that image was recorded. So it's not, it's not even like raw. It means that arbitrarily if there are features in the phone, like a I found out recently that uh, you know how the uh, of course the, the you have the depth information that the iPhone camera is recording to get stuff like portrait effect and so number 1 that means that because all that image information was stored you can then do that new portrait lighting effect like as a post processing thing because it still has all the information that it collected at the time so it's not like you have one chance to get it and if you decided later on there was a bad idea you can't take it off but it also means that uh, photo, the new version of Photoshop can actually also get access to the information too. So you can, as a layer, get the 3D information for, and get like basically a graduated grayscale like depth map out of it and then use that in uh, in Photoshop to like do things to the background or the foreground or even uh, there's a, a demo out there of someone who made is giving this sort of faux 3D effect where the, you make the, it look like a camera has like is panning just a little bit around someone's face because there's just enough 3D information to cheat it. So it's it's yeah. an exciting time because it's not we used to talk about well how big the look look how great this new Nokia phone is because they yes they've made you've, they've essentially. A hot glued uh, an Oreo cookie to the front of it so they could pack in this big image sensor and this new lens thing. Now it's like, no, let's take the same crappy, less crappy, but still phone grade sensor. And let's do a lot of like digital hoodoo thrown at it to make it act like a much better, uh, better camera. Um, but yeah, we, we have a lot of mean things to say about the Pixel XL2 screen. Uh, before we get to there, uh, let's uh, just a quick update on things we were talking about uh, uh, last week and the week before that. Uh, update on uh, the situation in Puerto Rico. Uh, Google has started deploying Project Loon Balloons in Puerto Rico, uh, and also Apple has activated uh, a new LTE or a previously unaccessible LTE band, Band 8, uh, via a carrier update that people will be able to download. This is a 900 megahertz band that was is just not used in the United States. Uh, and or in Puerto Rico, uh, they've unlocked it because Project Loon supports it. And also it's particularly useful in a situation like this because it's a low frequency band. It means that it uh, it uh, propagates over longer distances. Also, it has better penetration of like buildings and walls and stuff like that. Uh, so things are definitely things are definitely moving forward there. Uh, it also bears mentioning uh, that uh, it's five weeks since Hurricane Maria la made landfall in Puerto Rico. And as of yesterday, according to uh, the FCC, 66% of all cell towers in Puerto Rico are still down. Four whole counties are 100% down. Uh, so, and it's, it's a, again, it's amazing that it's five weeks later, but it's still a really, uh, really terrible situation down there. So, again, uh, we're still thinking about you. You haven't been forgotten. There are a lot of people over here that are still, <laughs> that are still trying to do whatever we can to make things better for our brothers and sisters over there in Puerto Rico. And on that cheerful note, now please, now, before our, our advertisers, please disregard Russell's earlier uh, joke. Clearly, a joke about how no one's listening. So many people are listening. <laughs> we can joke about that without worrying about it. And so that, and and there's no better, no more better indication of that than the fact that we have back with us one of our favorite sponsors that has 
been with us for episode after episode. Yeah. And I mean, you'll never guess who they are because they are Linode and it's pronounced Linode. That's one of the first things I learned when dealing with this sponsor. Um, Linode has fast, powerful hosting options that you can get set up in seconds. Their tools are easy to understand. So that You choose the Linux distro that you want, giving the power and flexibility you need. And their plans start at just $5 a month. So that gets you a server with one gigabyte of RAM in the Linode cloud. Um, and you might be wondering, what else do I get? Well, you get industry-leading um, performance. You get native SSD storage. You get access to a 200 gigabit network. That's a lot of gigabits. Um, Intel E5 processors, uh, which are the fastest ones in the cloud market. You have nine different data centers to choose from spread around the world, which means you can um, host, you know, wherever your customers are to give them the lowest latency. Uh, they have an API. Developers love those. You know, you can automate tasks that uh, you normally do, you know, with clicking mouse buttons and whatever. Uh, super simple scaling. Uh, just, you know, use some of their APIs or uh, click a few things in the admin area and boom, you get a bigger um, server. It's all manageable by command line, like I said, and all their Pricing plans feature hourly billing, which means if you only use it for half the month, you don't have to pay for the full, full month. That, that's a cool thing. So if this sounds interesting to you, you're like, ah, oh, I want to serve it with one gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, or I want to go all the way up to 16 gig of RAM for $60 a month. Uh, as a listener of the show, if you go to linode.com slash material, that's spelled L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash material, you will not only be supporting us, but you get $20 towards your first Lino plan. And that all comes with a seven-day money-back guarantee. So literally nothing to use here. You want to go to lino.com slash material uh, to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of the $20 credit. Or if you're so excited you're ready to check out process, material 2017 is the promo code you want to use. So we want to thank Lino so much for supporting this show. And now what everybody has been waiting for these last couple of days, because this is all that Twitter and the Android internet have been talking about for the last couple of days, which with, you know, I mean, in all seriousness, like it is kind of a crummy deal if you end up with one of the, uh, one of the, how, how would you say glitchy, glitchy yeah. pixel two XLs. Um, do, do, does, so, does this qualify as a gate thing yet? Is it a, uh, I think that only happens when it's with Apple. Yeah, yeah I don't. Okay. I don't think like there was no Note gates. Seven caught fire gate. Mm, yeah, we're, we're just not good enough for that in the Android community. We don't. We don't get the gate uh, extension. We could call it drama. We could call it scandals. <laughs> you know, we can we can give it some salacious name because I just feel like that makes our world a little more fun. Um, so there's kind of two. There's two main display issues that people are talking about on the Pixel 2 XLs. And that's because these particular phones that are made by LG, they have, I guess, same OLED panel that is or somewhat featured on the V30, LG V30, which is another one of their phones that they just recently launched. Um, but the problem with the Pixel 2 XL displays is that they are showing in some instances a weird sort of aberration like in the in the corners of the screen where it's sort of it's a little purpley blue so I guess when you look at it from an angle like the the panel just looks blue from one side and then the other issue is um actually there's three issues so the second issue first issue is the aberration the second issue there's a lot of issues this is why I'm trying to keep count so I apologize uh, the second one is a screen burn-in. That's the one that my brain is going to immediately. Uh, and there's a couple of examples over, I believe The Verge had that happen with their review unit. Um, they actually retracted their score. They're waiting uh, for the review. And I think the same happened to Android Central. They've been yeah. tweeting about it. Uh, and then the third issue is the grainy screens 
which uh, was an issue with our Technica's review unit. So if you just that's just a shout out for those of you who might be in your computers and maybe you want to go like see what we're talking about. Now, I've got a Pixel 2 XL here in my hand and it's not doing anything. But the thing is, I haven't used it for eight days the way that a lot of the other reviewers were. And they said that they weren't really seeing these sorts of things pop up until a couple of days of usage. I am sharing this phone with a lot of people, so I don't know that I'll have that ability with this phone. But I mean, I can see what the the thing is that's kind of bothering people because there is like, there's a slight, I don't know, maybe I'm seeing it because it was told to me and I'm coming at it with like a bias. You know what I mean? I'm an unintentional one, but just... OLED panels are typically blue. Like I was looking at the LG V30. I'm not a display technician. Usually the person that I go to when I need a source, maybe I'm giving this away, but it's fine, uh, is um, uh, DisplayMate. They're kind of the best ones to talk to about what's what's going on here. But I know that LG panels are usually pretty blue. Samsung panels are pretty blue, too, because they're AMOLED. And I know that the phones I've used last year, the Pixels and the Pixel that I have here in my hand, they have a very distinct, like, different kind of coloring. I was thinking that's what people were talking about at first, to which I was going to say, what's the big deal? It's fine. It's just, it, it's like... It's just kind of a moody, I don't know, it's kind of a moody coloring, I have to say. Um, like <laughs> yeah. kind of a cool it's moodiness. It's, it's, a, it's an emo sort of phone. It's- <laughs> it, no, it is. And I mean, it's like a nice little, I don't know, I like the colors. I think, um, yeah, it appears that there are issues out there with current Pixel 2 XLs as well as Pixel 2s. There's a couple of reports about now. I, I don't remember who it is that posted about this, but there were reports, I believe, on Nine to Five Google um, about humming noises in, being emitted from the Pixel Two, like a high pitched humming noise or something of the sort. It's just I don't know if that's just <laughs> happening. <Piling> on. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't want to say that necessarily because I I want to like believe the issues that is ha- that are happening. Yeah. But I just, you know, I, th- I think Google's already addressed that. They said that due to deep learning, as soon as the phone learns the words, it will oh. no longer hum. <laughs> Thank uh, you. That's my time. Yeah, Take waitresses. So, uh, um, uh, but do you understand sorry. where my brain is that I thought that that was real, what Andy was just saying? That's <laughs> yes. where my brain is. I was so, like, oh, Andy might have a point. I, I want to I talk ast- extensively later on about the, yes. four, the fourth issue, which is not an issue as always, the, the color reproduction stuff. I, I want to leave that aside for now. Um, I think the really interesting about this thing is you've got a conflation of a whole bunch of things like a a new phone has launched right so the first thing that happens when a new phone launches is people look for problems because that's going to get you new stories and whatever else so there is some of that stuff i I think the the humming and whatever else falls under that that every now and again you get a unit that does something weird that's how making phones work that this unless you know tons of people end up having that issue i don't think that's going to end up being a thing but i think there is actually a real issue with the quality control going on with some of the displays on the Pixel XL. So the real thing to point out here is that you can't just walk into a store, look at one and be like, this one looks fine, everyone's an idiot. Because I've seen people doing that on Twitter, like just <laughs> random people walk into like a, a Telstra store or a Verizon store or whatever, like I saw one, it looked fine, you're, you're a Wally's, like I don't know what you're freaking out about. Because the thing about quality control of um, a whole production line of, of OLED panels is not all of them are going to look the same. And it's meant to be the job of the the manufacturer and the supplier to actually run a whole bunch of QA and say, you know what? Uh, this panel passes all the tests, ship it. This panel doesn't. You know, it's a bit too blue. The, the angle's a bit wrong. There's some weird fuzziness going on here. That one goes back in the bin. You know, we don't we don't actually ship that one out of the store. Maybe it goes out into a cheaper 
cheaper phone, you know. Um, this is a real common thing in production. This is just how production of panels work. Not all the panels are the same and you're meant to QA them so that by the time you finish, the ones that make it out of the factory and into people's hands are all the same. And I think part of the problem that's going on here is they're not all the same. So some people have terrible, terrible problems with, with graininess and, you know, they tilt the phone just a little bit and the, the colours all change. Other people don't. They're like, I don't have any of these problems. I'm looking at the panel, the same same phone that we're all looking at, but I don't have the same problems as you. And that's that's just how quality control works. You know, no two people are going to have the same experience. And that is actually what gives me the most concern at the moment is I actually had an order in for a Pixel 2 XL. I saw all these mm -hmm. issues and I'm like, I'm sure Google will look after me. I'm sure I'll be able to return it. But I don't want to play the game where I return the phone three times until I get yeah. on with a good panel. Because honestly, yeah. I have played that game with LG before, like twice now. Like I, And I know these aren't related, you know, LCD versus OLED, but same quality control issues. I had a desktop um, screen that Apple was selling, the LG screens, and they said horrendous, horrendous QA issues. Like I had to return one because it just, like this one's no good. And the next one that came in was fine. And I've had the same thing with um, the MacBook Pro. Um, they Apple went through a phase where they were shipping um, both LG and Samsung panels in those. And the LG ones had burn-in problems where um, you could have a, something on your screen and then 30 minutes later you could t turn your screen grey and you could still see what was there like 30 minutes ago. And to me, like if you just paid $2,500 for a laptop, like that's not good enough. So the same thing, I would had to return it enough times until I eventually got the Samsung panel that worked. So I've been here before. I kind of hope that Google sorts it out. But I don't think – I've seen some people on the trying to dismiss it as, you know, people want page views and people – do want page views. That's true. That's the thing. But I think we're looking at a real issue here that, that Google's actually said they're currently sort of investigating. I agree. I think um, so. Actually, Andy, you posted you pasted something very helpful um, in the Slack. But I was going to say that I actually worked on a little a little write up today for Android Authority about like what to do because I've been getting a lot of questions from people saying, "Should I cancel my order? Should I?" you know, what should I do? And I don't necessarily, like, I agree with you, Russell, doing the whole return dance is a heck of an annoyance. But I just, I wonder if maybe we don't move that fast or maybe, maybe you just kind of hold out. And if like, you're still, okay, let's put it this way. If you are feeling like you really want to just give this a try, Google has a fantastic return policy. So you can return items that you bought from the Google store within 15 calendar days, but then they have a manufacturer's warranty so that if you have any defects that are because of, you know, we're talking about things that happen on the manufacturer's end, you have up to a year to have Google rectify that for you um, in the Google store. Now, if you're buying, and this is for the uh, American folk, but if you're buying the Pixel from Verizon, the, re the returns are the same. So it's still about like 14 days, calendar days. Um, the annoyance, however, is you have to pay a $35 restocking fee. Um, in it's like a carrier thing. I see both of you are shaking your heads. Like, uh, yeah, it's $35 restocking fee. Um, but in the manufacturer's warranty, I'm kind of like, I, I have a query out. Um, I'm not entirely sure if that counts if you don't pay the extra. But basically, my advice is if you bought your Pixel from the Google store, don't worry about canceling it because the re return policy is going to be fine. Yeah. The Verizon one, though, I mean, I worry about that because, I mean, Google said this is a thing, but it said this is a thing to a couple of outlets. 
You know, it's not become this like widespread recall. This isn't a Note 7 size debacle. This is this is something that's very concentrated right now. And I mean, there are a couple polls out there on the Internet um, from some of the major Android sites of and there are people out there who have said that they have experienced defects. Of course, again, it's the Internet. How do we, those are, you know, kind of unofficial polls, so to speak. Um, So I don't know. It's not, it's not at a, it's not at code red yet. It's just kind of like, yeah. Avoid mosquitoes level. (laughs) You don't get sick. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the first, it's it's always strange the first few weeks after a new anything gets uh, gets released, because that's when you go from there are maybe 500 to 1,000 in the field among in- engineers and a, f- a few reviewers, mm-hmm. to now there are hundreds of thousands of people, uh, hundreds of thousands of them in the field, and in the case of the iPhone, millions in the field. So that that's the point in which the law of averages absolutely creeps up on anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, it were, if it were a case where... Uh, there were only eight Pixel XLs to XL2s released for uh, for pre-review, uh, and these, of course, would be phones that would be really well selected by PR and marketing. And half of those people saw a manufa- saw a defect, such as I don't know, like uh, <laughs> such as like a disappearing antenna icon when you hold it the quote the wrong way unquote. <laughs> That's a sign of a fundamental engineering defect when you get. Uh, hundreds of thousands of people and enough of them that it has become uh, a meme or a known issue at this point that's worrying particularly because i mean this isn't a this isn't a 125 dollar phone this isn't a 200 dollar phone you just you just laid out 800 bucks for this thing man so you're not expecting it to be 900 less after than, shipping and taxes yeah so you're really not expecting it to be anything less than perfect, uh, and that's that's not being a, a nudge about it. I mean, you you deserve something that works as well as the ones that in the first demos work. Uh, the but so it's it's it points to a bunch of different interesting things. Uh, just like we were talking earlier about uh, about uh, how reviewers take a look at at photography, S- uh, there were a lot of initial reviews that mentioned that oh well, there's this. Uh, if you turn the display, the angle of it doesn't have a really wide angle of you can uh, of uh, color accuracy. Some people didn't even mention it. Some people said I can I can live with it. Uh, the thing about how this uh, you can have a white screen that uh, that when you're scrolling like through text that looks grainy, particularly when you're scrolling it. Uh, one reviewer was saying. Once you see it, you can't unsee it, indicating that maybe he didn't notice it until he was really, really getting kind of, kind of granular, so to speak, about uh, about the review. So a lot of this stuff might be below people's radar of noticeability or careability. Um, I'm concerned. Just to make it personal, the thing that would concern me would be about uh, color accuracy because one of the things that they were really hammering about the one of the keynote features of this device of the XL is that it really gives you 100% of uh, of the color gamut so that you get the most accurate colors available so now there's a lot of debate <laughs> about how now if reviewers are saying that colors seem washed out and muddy are they really saying that the Samsung phone I just reviewed looks like clown, clown garish and way too saturated? I mean, and way to be too fair, this? it is very saturated. The Samsung yeah, so, <laughs> so I mean, I mean, color management is 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 kind of a really, really big deal because they're photographer. I mean, I, I I'm not a professional uh, Instagrammer. 
but I take it's, you take you take you take such pleasure in taking a good picture. Yes, and you know that you can take you can make it a little bit better, or at least make it look make it more like what you would like a photo to look like by making adjustments. And you'd hate to say that you took that the pixel took a wonderful picture, but you didn't trust what you saw on the screen, so you made this you made this garish clown white side of a bus ad <laughs> picture out of that beautiful, lovely sunset photo of your cat. <laughs> <laughs> Can I can I go develop a crazy on you for a moment? Um, yes. Just ahead of time, I don't want to say I'm a color management expert. Um, I do sort of move in a few circles, like with people like Mark Edwards, who who definitely are. Like they, these are people who are crazy about their color management. You could sit down for literally, and I have sit down for days and talk to them about. It. They will. Um, I've also sat down with the uh, one of the main engineers, Romain Gui um, from Google, who actually implemented a lot of this stuff in Android Aria. So I see a lot of confusion about this in the press, and I understand why. It's it's not that that reporters are dumb or, or like wallies or anything. This is a really, really complicated topic to get into, but I'll, I'll try and give you like a, a real sort of uh, quick idea of what's going on here. So you you have, and I'm, when I say you, I don't mean you too. I mean, I'm more the listener who, who might not know about this stuff. Um, you, you have, it starts with the display, right? A display can display a certain amount of colors. So in the past, um, a lot of Android displays have only been able to display the RGB spectrum, which is just a certain amount of colors that the display can show. And your eye can actually see more than that. You know, they were only able to reproduce a certain amount of colors. Um, starting a few years ago, a lot of people don't know this, Android displays actually started shipping with something called Display P3, which is just, it's also known as wide gamut. It just means that your display can literally show more colors. So again, your eye can pick up a whole bunch of colors that displays couldn't show before. Um, now displays could show that. So Android started shipping with those. Um, and you probably just noticed that, you know, photos looked a little bit better and things like that. But the, the real um, issue was that uh, Android as an operating system couldn't do color management. So you couldn't say to Android, like, this photo was shot in this particular um, color profile. This is exactly what each, in, each of these numbers means. This is exactly how I want you to show it on screen um, because that just wasn't built into Android. Like, iOS has had that for a while. Um, other operating systems has as well. Until Android Oreo, that wasn't in there. And finally, with Android Oreo, Google decided that was that was important enough to put in. They're like, you know, we now have photo editing apps. We now are taking, you know, these really wide color, amazing photos. It's really important to, to build that into the OS so it understands um, what to do with them. So the, I've seen a lot of confusion about this point that people think that, oh, my entire phone runs in non-color managed mode until one of the apps opt in. That, that's not quite true. The way it works is as, as an app developer, um, if you if if you don't say like oh my app uh, is aware of colors it just assumes that everything you're talking about is is in the sRGB spectrum and all that means is that's what most developers want if I'm saying I, I want a particular kind of red and I don't actually put a color profile against that red chances are I meant that I wanted the particular RGB value of red and that's fine that's perfectly fine the display will render it properly it doesn't end up being a different color it's still technically color managed all that means is I don't have to specify which one of these you know, five different models of color management I want to choose. It just chooses the most common one for me. And that's that's a good thing. I've seen a lot of reviewers say, oh, it's terrible. What are you doing, Google? That That is actually one of the smartest decisions they made um, inside of Android is that that's what you want to do. But now if I'm like a Photoshop or I'm an app that take photos or something like that and I am dealing with photos that are in all these different color spectrums, I want to tell Android that, hey, I know about this stuff and I want to deal with it. And Android now gives you the ability to do that. So inside your app you can say, yep, I'm aware of what color profiles mean. I want to handle them myself. And then you tell Android OS, you say this particular view is rendered in this particular color profile. And once it knows that, it can render those colors super accurately. And what that means is if I'm a photo app or I'm a photo editing app, like this is one of the things I want to opt into because I want to show the colors the way they're meant to be shown. But this has caused a ton of confusion in 
as when people look at this because they look at it and their immediate reaction is, oh, this is colour accurate and, oh, it's washed out. And I guess what they're reacting to is the whole chicken and egg situation. Like this hasn't existed in Android before. So there's been no way for developers to say, I want my red to look exactly like this red. So what we do as developers is we tone the reds way down because you look at them on an, on an OLED display and you'd be like, oh, my God, that red is so bright, like it's burning my eyes. Mm. And we dial it back and we dial it back and we dial it back on these non-color managed phones that have come out before. And finally, the red looks okay. It's like this no longer burns my retinas. But the problem is that Samsung and LG and all these other people were dialing these colors up to make it look good because what do people like when they go into a store? They like a really vibrant, uh, same is true of TVs. They like them really vibrant. They like them crazy um, colorful. We're because all just animals. Exactly, because we're all just animals and we look at that and we go, wow, this thing has like more vivid colors than the other thing. This thing is better. But it was actually reproducing the colors like incorrectly. And now the problem that Google has is this whole chicken and egg thing that they're now producing the colors accurately. And they are. You can you can test this. They are. Um, but the problem is as developers, we've dialed those colors back so far like over the years that now they look really, they do actually look washed out. You looked at it and you're like, well, that red is they really do dull. They look emo. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the reason they look emo is because as developers we've made them look emo knowing that the phones would make them look un-emo if this is making any sense. Yeah. So now we have this thing as developers like what she do we actually do? Do we go, well, Google's implemented it. Do we assume all the other manufacturers are going to jump on board and make our colors what they're meant to be? Or do we leave them dialed back knowing that most people have Samsungs that still blow out all the colors? Like it's... It is a really complicated situation and I don't I don't envy any of the people at Google trying to wade their way through this one because it's not as easy as just saying like the colours are washed out or they aren't and it's some person's fault. Like it's it's this whole like chicken and egg thing. Until everybody implements colour management, it is it is really hard to to make it work. <laughs> So how would so how would developers deal with the fact that uh, Samsung kind of owns the market, but they're not the only mm -hmm. phone out there? So if you're tuning it for a Samsung phone, you're kind of screwing it up for an HTC or for a Motorola. Yeah, so traditionally the way the developers have done that is we've tested most of the stuff on Samsung phones because we're like, let's face it, this is the most popular phone. It's got to look the best on here. Um, we still test it on all the other phones to make sure it looks okay. But the real issue we have now with the Pixel right is that Google's finally done the quote-unquote right thing. But so far no other manufacturer has come on board and Google hasn't told people. They haven't said that, hey, you know, any manufacturer implementing Android 8 will be required to do color management, they they just haven't said. So as developers, we're kind of in this weird place where we're like, okay, the next Samsung phone that comes out, is it also going to be color accurate? Like is that even something Samsung want to do from like a selling phone's point of view? And so until we get to that point, it's like what on earth do we do? Like do we make yeah. it look good on a Pixel? Do we make it look good on a Samsung? Like which, which one do you choose? Now how do these manufacturers deal with this new color management system? Do they just simply distribute a color profile for that particular hardware that gets shipped with whatever version of, with the with the version of and yeah, the version of Oreo that ships on the phone or do they just let the chips fall where they may? Uh, well, if you're building a new phone, the thing you're meant to do is color calibrate it out of the factory. So um, you have a whole bunch of sensors that look at the the way this the, this particular individual screen is reproducing colors, and then it sets the color profile so that you know when the colors are reproduced on that screen based on all the various different values, they look right. And this can vary from screen to screen. I don't know how you do it from a historic point of view. I assume maybe you already have all those values from when your phone shipped out of the factory in the first place. Like maybe that's something you can backport, but maybe it's not. I don't know enough about. Um, you know, display hardware to know if that's possible. But my real hope here is that the next iteration of Samsungs and LGs and HTCs, I'm hoping that Google has a big enough stick to actually make them all implement this because if, if they don't, 
Um, we're left in a really weird place. And I, I can see what, what consumers are complaining about. They walk into the Verizon store and they're like, you know what, this phone looks washed out. And as a developer, you want to rip your hair out. You're like, no, this is this is the first time Android has ever had accurate colors. Like they've had that in iOS since almost day one. Like that's, that's just yeah. been the case. And it, if you can get it right, it leads to amazing results. You get photos that look just unbelievably good when all those things come together. But if the whole ecosystem can't agree on it, then... I don't know. That, that's where it gets really yeah. complicated. We're all just products of the machine, Russell. <laughs> Take the red pill or the blue pill. Or all anything. we know is bright colored things. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a, whenever this comes up, I always, I always think that there, there's a reason why McDonald's, people complain that McDonald's hamburgers, there's, God, they're loaded with fat, they're loaded with salt, and they they're full of carbohydrates. So delicious. Exactly. We're, we're <laughs> wired to like that. You I'm don't craving one now. It, yeah. You, you want to make your bread taste a bit better, you just sprinkle a bit of sugar in there. It's so like counterintuitive, but it's like, no, it tastes so good. <laughs> yeah. I, they, uh, yeah. And I, I would, I would never have, uh, I grew up in a world without chocolate covered pretzels because, you but then like someone what? decided i know i know it was like <laughs> and so wait a minute salt and chocolate is amazing but yeah this this is it's i, I love this i love these discussions about things that are so are really super important features of an operating system or a piece of hardware that they don't appear to be that it's, it's not like you're you're the first thing on your mind is we have to have really great uh, accurate color management on this it's going to be we need a way to do cut and paste cut is good paste <laughs> is good cut and paste now we got something there but yeah it, apple made sure that at the very beginning there was going to be some sort of inborn uh, color management and now that like uh, one of the biggest the 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 version of screengate in the like digital photo community is oh my god adobe has now changed uh, lightroom to this adobe lightroom like this this really good app for managing your library and doing like tweaks that are not as involved as what you would have to do in photoshop but they've said okay we are going to we're rewriting all of our code we're also making a new concept of lightroom and photoshop making the relationship between those two make more sense in a world where even professional photographers are shooting on cameras or even just are shooting on real cameras but editing on ipads and people are just like I don't know how my my world might be different next year, and I don't know if that's a good thing or bad. I thing. feel like that but, was too soon for you to bring that up. Just FYI. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a, people, uh, people are. I know. I'm. Things my are still a bit wrong. is not until next week for that, Andy. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I won't, I won't, I won't make this into another diversion. But sometimes I, I, I see, I, I see a brain helper too. And sometimes it's like, okay, I, I want to book two appointments because on Wednesday I need to teach you everything there is to know about uh, the about this new keyboard that Apple's putting in all of their laptops, so that we can talk, we can talk about next day how emotionally I'm reacting to that because you won't, you won't understand it's just a keyboard unless I spend 45 minutes explaining like scissor switch and 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 button technology. <laughs> and 0.52 millimeters of travel but but i'm sorry what i was what i was getting at is that uh it's going to be whereas uh now that we live in a world in which again professional photographers are during while while one part of the wedding photographer team is still out there taking pictures there's going to be another wedding part of the team back in a back room who's editing pictures as they're coming in and they might not be doing that on a five thousand dollar laptop anymore apple has put themselves in a position where they're ready to go immediately with that sort of standard Android, they've just started off. So whether they go anywhere with their tablets or not, they're going to need to have this. So it's it's 
mm, very, very intriguingly. Another good point. Yeah. Can I get one final dig in there? Because we do like to win over the Apple people. The fact that Android implemented it later means we actually have a better implementation. So if you want to get yeah, super in-depth, the Android implementation actually has more information in it. So it's a it's a greater color depth. They can represent more colors. It doesn't lose as much in... Uh, well, I don't want to get all technical on you, but it's it's better. It's just better than the iOS world. So if they can actually pull this off, we'll have a better implementation. We can all high-five ourselves. We're like, look at us. We're better than the Apple people. Yeah, see, Android, we're, I'm not ashamed of the fact that the Android world is famous for copying stuff off of Apple. I'm especially happy now that we can copy the excuse, yes, Apple got there first, but we Android got there when the technology was ready and we got it there when it was right. Before... Before we leave this though, now I'm I'm still waiting for my review unit. I didn't buy. I might wind up buying one just to sort of force the issue because I can return it in two weeks. Um, and again, as a camera guy, I like the I I like the idea of having a better camera and a better mm-hmm. color quality screen. And also, uh, I, as I found out, uh, I can get a three hundred and like seventy. I can get pretty much all but twelve dollars of what I spent on my refurbished Pixel One. As a ref- as a rebate, if I buy a new Pixel Two on uh, uh, on on the Google Store, uh, mm. so maybe after mm. talking all of us about these so called defects or quirks or whatever, if you had an if you if you own an XL right now and it's within the return period, or if you have an XL on order uh, and you have the opportunity to cancel that order, or if you're just you still got eight hundred nine hundred dollars in your pocket and you're tempted to get in on the pre-orders for the iPhone 10 that start in I think Friday at midnight midnight California time would you would you would this mean that you shouldn't get an XL or at least not for now what do you what do you think let's we'll start with Russell uh that that's a good question I did I don't want to sit on the fence but it's, it's almost one of those fence sitting things because like, like Flo said um, you do get amazing uh, buyer protection from Google if you're in Australia actually you get even better protection so our stuff is warranted for two years no matter who you buy it from where you buy it from you're always able to go back for that full two years um, because it's the law it's the law of the land because <laughs> mm-hmm. the the assumption is you have to keep the phone for two years you're probably on a contract so there's no way the manufacturer can wiggle out of not servicing your phone which is Amazing. I, I do like uh, that kind of thing. So, sorry, I'm getting off topic. Uh, w- would I cancel? I mean, I did, but I know that Philip in the office didn't cancel his order just because, like I say, it's it's like a real variation depending on whether you get one of the, the good, quote unquote, good screens or bad screens. So, if you happen to get a good one, you know, and you roll the dice and you do, then it's an amazing phone. It's, it's, it's still like got so many amazing features. It's got an amazing camera. I think for me personally, what I'm going to do is um, it launches here um, in Australia tomorrow. I might just go into a store and have another look at them both and maybe even get the smaller one. Like I know it's got giant bezels and I know that's offensive in 2017, but it does have the Samsung panel that doesn't have a lot of these problems. It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. The camera is Somewhere exactly the same. Here. So that I mean, I'm not going to switch to some other like platform or whatever. I'm probably just going to get the smaller one. Like, And I'm going to get it from the store just in case there's anything wrong, I can return it straight back to the store that's, that's down the road. So what about you, Flo? Uh, I, like I said, if you don't cancel it, it's fun. Let's just see what arrives at your door. (laughs) And if it's really bad, then just return it. It's fine. Like, I know it's a pain in the butt and I'm sorry to inconvenience you, but don't you want to be a part of the fun? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) For, for various definitions of the word fun. Precisely. Yeah. I'm, I, I would still go for it. Um, probably because, I don't think this is going to be a everything has to be recalled. It's a hardware defect. There's a it's as a, a problem number one. 
Number two, I think that if it is a problem where, no, this is such a, such a high percentage of these phones are being returned because they're screen burn in, that there is, if that were a problem of that scale, I think that Google is invested enough in the value of the Pixel name brand that they would want to, oh, yeah. ideally, ideally, they would, <laughs> ideally, they'd be in a position where at no point have we ever shipped a phone that had like week, two weeks worth of nasty stuff about defective hardware. If that is the world we're living in, let us at least create the data point that if you buy a Pixel phone and there is a hardware defect, we will totally swap it out for a non-defective one and you won't have to wait a year and a half to get it. Uh, and also, it's just an appealing. It's a really appealing phone. It's as a if you're going to spend six oh, yeah. to eight hundred dollars for a phone, it's a very appealing piece of hardware. And just on the basis of the screen, on the basis of the camera, on the basis mm. that it has, uh, it, it, look it at has, those edges. There you <laughs> go. Look at the chamfer edges on that. Wow, chamfer edges. And and it also and also has the as we're learning now the Pixel Visual Core chip. For to mm-hmm. add, add on onboard uh, onboard machine learning, that's interesting enough to me that I would probably stick mm-hmm. with it. So there you go, good buying advice. So I, I know a lot of people have been tweeting at us actually during this week, like because I think the essential phone also dropped in two hundred dollars. They're like, should I get that? I'd still recommend you wait on that one. They still haven't fixed all the software problems. The, the jury's still out what they did. Unlike Google, uh, this is not a company that's been around for like ages and has a reputation to protect. They, they, they might fix everything or they could disappear like tomorrow. You just don't know. So that, that's a, I think that's a lot more of a gamble um, buying an essential phone than it is buying the Pixel. You have to mention that uh, uh, plan E inside the boardroom there is has the word pivot in it. Yeah, we're we're pivoting more towards to video. A, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have a YouTube channel that does makeup tips. There's a That's lot of it. money in that. We, we know there is a lot of money in that. That's <laughs> we where we're at now. Phones, but now <laughs> we're just phoning <laughs> people. We're now a telemarketing <laughs> company. We'll go. We'll go to commercial after Flo and I basically share our astonishment there was a really great article uh uh, i think on vox was it about like how much people making millions of dollars a year on mattress like review websites because of like all the money that mattress companies are like giving to reviewers for good reviews and i'm like damn it (laughs) i've been been writing about technology and trying to like be honest and in-depth and build a reputation as someone who has like a a point of view and and, like i find over the last two years i could have been making two million dollars a year doing bogus reviews on delivery mattresses you know how you know how i test cameras again i'd go for like a 10 mile walk around boston you know how you test a mattress you lie down on it you watch netflix i'm such a dope (laughs) I'm not angry at these reviewers. I'm not angry at the mattress industry. I'm mad at myself for not foreseeing this. I'm not a young person. I have enough experience to know that the world is this sick. We we had this problem in the I'm app sorry. world. So in the very early days, people were making fart apps and they were making millions from them. And I'm like, I'm not angry. I'm just really sad that I didn't I didn't have the foresight to envision that this would be a thing. I'm like, damn it. Because those windows don't last very long. Once everyone finds out about the mattress reviews, Andy, that's it. The bubbles, bubbles burst. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so guess what? Guess what? I'm, 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 this is my last. This is my last episode of this podcast. I'm going to seltzer review uh, sites oh. or whatever random object that I can pick up here that I think I can make some money off of. Faint notes of. I'm just going to do. Berry. It's bubbly, but not <laughs> as bubbly. Let's go to the Anatco Bubbly Seltzer Index. <laughs> the nose tickling meter. <laughs> 
<laughs> be sure to order your seltzer through my affiliate links. Here, here, and subscribe here. And now that we've, we're done slack, slacking people off for using affiliate links for advertising. <laughs> I, I know. I'm, we're oh, listening. Dear, 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 dear. Uh, so this week we have a brand new sponsor to tell you about. It is Pingdom, and it is a service that I actually use a lot, so I'm kind of excited about this. Um, it's basically a really easy way to monitor websites and servers. You get to get notified you know, as soon as they go, uh, go down. So if this is something that interests you, you can get a 14-day free trial when you enter the offer code material at checkout. You'll get 30% off your first invoice. Um, Pingdom is focused on making the web faster and more reliable for anyone that has a site. Uh, you know, these days websites are becoming more and more sophisticated and they often include all sorts of dependencies. Um, you know, you might have contact forms, e-commerce checkouts, logins, search functionalities. So Pingdom has a whole uh, suite of tools that you can use to monitor your website. So we use it here extensively to tell us when, you know, the whole machine goes down or different parts of the things that the machine relies on goes down or even when, you know, high-level stuff that we run on these machines goes down. So some of the app servers and stuff like that. Um, it's not just, you know, for the whole site anymore. You can use it for any of the different bits that, that might break. So every month, Pingdom detects around 13 million outages. That's more than 400,000 outages every day. Uh, so regardless of whether you have a small website or you're managing a, you know, a complete set of infrastructure, it's super important to monitor that because the idea is as a developer or as someone who runs some kind of website that you potentially make money from, you want to know about this stuff before your customers are telling you about it. You know, that's, that's the important part of the equation. So Pingdom, uh, all Pingdom needs the URL you want to monitor and they'll take care of the rest. Uh, when they detect an outage, you'll be immediately alerted so you can fix the error before the downtime actually affects you. Um, you don't want to be caught out when someone you know wants access to your site. So you need Pingdom. So again, check it out today. You want to go to pingdom.com, P-I-N-G-D-O-M.com uh, for a free 14-day trial. Use the offer code material, like I said, at checkout and you'll get 30% off your first invoice. So we want to thank Pingdom for their support of this show and of Relay FM. Boy, one last piece of news which came just a couple hours ago uh, google has just released uh, android 8.1 to developers uh, and it has a, a couple of cool things kind of under the hood the the big deal is that it has uh what are they calling it i've just tabbed to the there you go the a, the neural networks runtime api uh, which is uh, they we were talking before about the pixel visual core chip that is essentially doing nothing right now because nothing takes advantage of it. But this is one of the things that it was built to take advantage of. So essentially, once uh, someone has created a, a neural model off of a, a real computer, they can take that model, put it onto uh, into a phone app, and then essentially the neural network's runtime API will execute it. So it can do all the training of that neural net will be available on device without having to connect to uh, to a, a remote server. So that A has good privacy concerns, but it also means things like I was just reading uh, in Gadget's uh, little blurb about it, and they were mentioning that how uh, one of the great advantages of having like the, the stock Android uh, camera app is HDR+, which to date is like my favorite HDR anywhere. It's just so natural and just so knowledgeable about how not to screw up a picture. So, But unfortunately, all that code is sort of tied into this app that only runs on Google-branded phones. Uh, but they could essentially take all of the knowledge about image processing that, was, that contributes to HDR+, Again, give it to you as a file that the neural neural engine could just simply like sort of play back, so to speak. So that could be incorporated into all kinds of other stuff. But yeah, it means that uh, uh, whether your phone has this special ch special hardware chip or not, it means that you can have this advantage of offsite server style uh, machine learning on your little device that gets eight hours per charge. So God knows what we're going to see when uh, eight point one gets released in December, but cannot be a bad thing. 
No, this is this is definitely exciting. Like as a developer, this kind of thing is really cool because it's that whole concept of like years ago you needed a whole server farm and then a few years later you needed just like one really amazingly fast server with lots of storage and now it's available on your device and I really like the way that Google's implemented this. So they've got um, custom silicon in the, the Pixel 2 devices that actually can run this really fast and efficiently and if you happen to have a device that, that doesn't have that in there, it will just fall back to using, you know, the, the CPU or whatever it needs. So it, it might sort of use a bit more resources on those devices but the fact that it still works is really cool because you can take these really complicated machine learning models that you've trained on your phone to, sorry, on your computer uh, to recognize, I don't know, hot dogs or dangers or signs or you could even machine learn it to recognize whether the Pixel 2 XL screen you've got is a good one or not. You know, you can just flash it up in front of your uh, your uh, camera and it would tell you. It'd be like, yep, based on the machine learning that I've done, your screen's A+, plus. you know, you're good to go or you need to send this back to Google. So uh, this is a contrived example but there's a whole suite of things that you can do once it's on device and the fact that you don't have to rely on a network connection, it just means it can be so much more instant. Like even if you forget about the privacy concerns, if you forget about everything else, there's still a bunch of latency and uh, flinging a whole bunch of, you know, images back to a web server and having that analyse it, having that uh, send it back. The fact that it can all happen on device, I mean, that's... It's really cool. So I'm looking forward to seeing what, you know, developers do with this because I've seen um, on the Apple side of things, you know, I work with a lot of iOS developers and they have access to something similar but slightly different called AR Kit, I think it's called. And some of the things that they've done internally that haven't shipped yet that I can't really talk about are just so cool. They're just, they're just like, install this app, try this thing. And I'm like, whoa, like your phone can <laughs> do that? Like one of the ones that actually is in the App Store now that I've seen is from... Um, a friend of mine here in Adelaide where let's say you're learning, this is something I never would have thought of, right? You're learning a new language. So you want to learn French or Spanish or something like that. You can point your phone at an object in the room and it can read that back to you in Spanish. And you can be like, that's how you learn. And you can be like, oh, that's a, instead of being like, oh, type it in, that's a Mac Pro or that's a clock. I'm pointing at a plate over <laughs> here. It'll just, it'll give me the English word and it'll read these things back to me in Spanish, which is super cool. If you do, it's just like a different way to learn a language that I never would have thought of. You know, normally it's flashcards or whatever you do back in the day. I'm like, that's, that's pretty cool. So just things like that. I'm, I'm really excited about. I wish it were easier to communicate the coolness of this. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, 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 I love that too. It's like I, I think that uh, Google or Apple uh, or Facebook or anybody, they only have a limited ability to figure out the awesome in the things that they're building. The really awesome stuff happens when you allow every single mutant who's developing for this thing to just articulate their own idea. Like, like I can imagine like a version of Pocket Cast that – uh, let, let's say that there is someone who is licensing out uh, a, a a neural model for uh, voice identification, and so you could add a feature to Pocket Cast that says, "If you don't, if, for instance, if you love uh, the Material Podcast but you hate Andy, we can basically automatically <laughs> skip. We'll, we'll 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 spend thirty seconds scanning an hour long pod episode podcast, and we will basically create a cut list so that it will never ever play any audio that has Andy Anatko's voice in it." Wow. Or if you really hate I mean, my laugh. Andy, that would be kind of a cool feature. Not that I, I would not drown you in out. The abstract, wow. In the abstract. In the abstract. In the abstract. But in the abstract, <laughs> that would be just the ability to be able to just say that to AI and have it execute would be super cool. Wow. Or, or if you're like, I really don't like Russell's voice, but I like the things that he has to say. Like you could just voice modulate me. You'd be like, I recognize Russell. Here's some modulations we're going to run. No, he sounds really cool and awesome. <laughs> could we? Could, I, I like I like Flo's voice, but I would like it better if it had sort of like a culturally inappropriate fake Italian accent, <laughs> like Chico Marx. 
I was trying to like think of how to do that, but it's not coming to me. So I'm sorry to everybody who expected that. Hey, I, I got a, I got a no problem with the Excel screen. The burning. There you go. Hey, Thank I'm, you. I'm okay with it. You know, boss. <laughs> All of you. Are okay, that's Mario's stupid, accent. Huh? FYI, that yeah, is that's, Super that's Mario's that's accent. Right. <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> so yeah, AI. Get hype. It's the future. Hashtag hype for the millennials out there. Hype train. Bright colors, bright colors. I'm a millennial, so I can make fun of it. I'm almost a millennial, so surely I can also make fun of it. No, okay, fine. Generation X, I don't know. No, I, I, I have an older sister that's not that much older than I am. Uh, Time Magazine once had one of those early early articles about trying to under, explain what Gen X is, and the 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 year that they picked as the as the the, the divider between generations happened to be like right between like her birth year and my birth year. So I spent no shortage of time saying, "Well, see, you baby boomer generations, you don't understand <laughs> oh. our Gen Xers." <laughs> Okay, you're still hippies in Woodstock and Vietnam. Well, you know what? We can't be hippies in this economy. <laughs> because of you. It's all your fault. And she's only like two or three years older than me. So. Wow. That's, that's so awesome. The, the only thing I've, I've grasped about this whole generations thing is that it's the fault of every other generation that you're not in. Be it the current state of the world, the current price of fuel, or whatever your beef is, it's the other generation's fault. That's that's how this works. We are all collectively to blame, not only for the world's problems, but also for the discolorations of our Pixel 2 XL devices. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. I'm Ted Koppel. That's apparently my Ted Koppel impression. You know, a, a, a millennial wouldn't understand, wouldn't know who Ted Koppel is. You're Gen True. X. <laughs> right, busted. Look, look, busted. look who grew up with news on the television. <laughs> oh, you guys! I was enraptured by it at a young age, which probably wasn't good, but that's a story for another day. That's just... <laughs> I, I, I grew up when ugly people could be news anchors. That's how old I am. <laughs> Normal people. I grew up when you could have old people in the news. I'm sorry. You're, you got that good point. I meant I meant by by the by the nasty comments of people who like hire yes. people for news anchors. Wait, did we? Okay, last thing. Did we mention the Android Go thing? Uh, no, uh, that's the that's the other feature of uh, Android. One has okay. Yes. Um, okay. Was that was that what's that you're talking about? There's a they, yeah. The I just, just drop has, it in there. That's all. Oh. Uh, but yeah, it has a couple of optimizations for Android Go, uh, such as like one, one of the probably the simplest but most useful ones is going to be that a developer can essentially, when they deploy an update to an app, can target something for f- phones with only a gig of memory or less, or only a gigabyte of memory or greater. So you can have uh, the slim version of Pocket Cast deploy without, I'm guessing, without necessarily having to have a special Android Go version of Pocket Cast. I don't know. I haven't, I'm not a developer. I've, I'm only partially educated. I grew. I was. I went to a public school. Oh, this is where you throw to me for my extensive knowledge of of what the heck an antrico is. Yeah, I should do that. Google, Google, Google. And now with Save an in depth in depth analysis. Are you googling it? Uh, yes, it's now available <laughs> to developers. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. No, in all seriousness, it, it is a cool feature where um, we've always had the problem as developers that you want to make some super high end app. And by default, it's really hard unless you want to go in and turn off like individual phones to just say, no, 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 my app's like, 
I need to do crazy processing that requires, let's say, I don't know, two gigs of RAM or something. Now you can actually do that, which I know that sounds stupid if you're on the other end of your like, why? But as a developer, if you want to make these kind of apps and you know you want to target it to a particular device, now you actually can. So that's that's kind of cool. And it, it will lead to better apps being made as well, hopefully, like to kind of complete the circle is that if you have a high-end phone and people aren't making, you know, crazy high-end apps for you, like potentially now they could. And on that note, I guess now feels like a good time to wrap. I needed to make sure that we mentioned Android Go because it is also an initiative that deserves attention. That's a good one. I hope it takes off. Sending some love to those people who don't want to spend $1,000 on a phone that they'll have to stay up until 3.01 in the morning to maybe get a chance at being able to order on Friday. They are probably more free than we are. Exactly. Exactly. And it's 5 p.m. here, Andy. Uh, My time zones have finally won. Take that. Fine. You have everything. I have nothing. <laughs> Sorry, Flo. You were wrapping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, am I wrapping up? I am <laughs> wrapping up today. I never want to stop talking to you guys. Hippie, hip, hip hop. You don't stop never rapping to, to the bang, bang boogie. You guys. Say up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie beat. Now, what you hear is not a test. I'm rapping to the beat, and me, the groove, and my friends are going to try to move your feet. Now, I am Wonder Mike, and I'd like to say hello to the blacks, to the so whites, the red, interrupt. and the brown, the purple, Even and yellow, I because I got to a rap. bang, bang, a boogie to the boogie, say up, jump the boogie to the bang, bang, boogie, say rock, you don't stop. Got the rhythm, they'll make your body rock. Now, so far, you've heard my voice, but I brought two friends along, and next on the mic is my friend Flo. Come on, Flo, sing that song. Uh, I'm going to throw it to Russell, who's going to tell us how wonderful he is and where you can find him on the internet. I'm so amazing. And you can find me at <laughs> twitter.com slash Rusty Shelf. And this is how I talk when the AI is not turned on. All right. I'm sorry. It's my real voice. Um, but luckily, we've turned that back on now. So yeah, Rusty Shelf is where you find me on Twitter. Um, you can also go to rustyshelf.org if you want to see the blog that I haven't written to for ages and feel really embarrassed about. You can, yeah, you can definitely go there as well. Andy? Well, Can you um, tell people how yeah. do we spell your last name? I'm um, Andy and I have to go. And my grandfather, he was Italian immigrant, <laughs> so I feel completely confident doing the Chico Market Director voice, you know. You spell my name I H N as in a Nancy. A T as in a thumb. K and then you got a zero. And up go. That's how you got it right there. I You can do that on the Instagram. Hey, you can do that on the Twitter. You can do that. Not on the not on the flicker that way I'm INDI. It's a little bit of different boss. But you can go at notgo.com and get in my blog. <laughs> Make that the full hardball boss. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to underscore that my, my grandfather was legitimately an Italian immigrant. Yes. He married a first yes. generation, uh, a daughter of an Italian immigrant. So Yes. I'm, fr- uh, I'm perfectly confident in saying that. I, I, will, def- I, have- I will defend that, that creative choice. And I have no idea where my family is from other than some country in what is technically Central Europe. But if you need to find out more about me, I'm on Twitter at OhThatFlow, which is the best place to follow me right now because I really need to update my website. But (laughs) on that note, everybody have a wonderful weekend and thank you for joining us. (laughs) 